Think about floating. You ever hear about that? Floating? Floating. You flo- we they float g- here? Yeah, they got one in Warwick. It's like a sensory deprivation chamber. You just oh. float in. <clears throat> hmm. It's like 50 bucks for your first hour. And I was like, <laughs> I could try that once. But the reason I bring that up is because work gives me open cuts all the time. Uh-huh. You cannot have any of that in this these chambers for a couple of reasons. One, they need to be clean. They get drained right after and everything, but they still need to be clean. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is it's Epsom salt water. So I would just be getting literally salt in the wounds. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, but, and it would apparently take away from the experience. But yeah, it's supposed to be like some meditative bullshit. Hmm. And it's, it's one of those things where I heard about it and I was like, well, you're Josh and you'll try anything once. <laughs> So it sounds like bullshit, but maybe it'll be awesome. Yeah, I mean, it does sound like an interesting experience. It sounds like a different experience, yes. that's for sure. So I'm thinking of floating. It's literally what it's called. <laughs> it's just it's, so weird it that sounds it's called so that. fucking dumb. It, but, and like even hearing about it, I still think it sounds dumb. It's just like, is what something I've never done before. Yeah. So like, even though I think it sounds dumb, I'll fucking do it once. Like, shit. And speaking of floating... Couple guys going floating. Yeah, and it sounds like it sounds either like a a a gay innuendo <laughs> or b some like sp- like extreme sport. Yeah, like the South has mud in. We, <laughs> we up here have floating. God, I hate. Have you ever seen a mudding truck? Yeah, they always look like shit. Yeah, dude. The, the stupidest, like, the thing, the, the mods you have to do to a truck to make it a mudding truck with parentheses around them, uh, parentheses, quotations around them, is fucking just dumb. It's all dumb. It all looks stupid. But they're like, yeah, but I can run over these hills. And I'm like, I'm sure you can. Your truck looks like shit. Your truck looks like it's on stilts. What made you think that was a good idea? It's like three <laughs> lift kits. It's fucking miserable. Ah, fuck, man. This is our mudding podcast. Where we talk about mudding. <laughs> we talk about mudding the whole time. With the boys. My name is Bubba. My name is Brew. <laughs> <laughs> my, d- my daddy don't need me because he likes the beer. They call me Junior. I'm, I'm a third, but my dad's name is Junior, so that makes me Junior Junior. <laughs> Junior Square. <laughs> the scholars like to call me. <laughs> oh, oh so we're Navi Tales. We're a video game lore podcast. Uh, my name is Josh. I'm Nick. Uh, we lied when we said we were a mudding podcast. That's not Sorry the case. to disappoint. Yeah, if you want a mudding podcast, uh, please reach out to us and tell us you want a mudding podcast. I drive a Yaris. <laughs> So I don't think I'll be able to help with that, but I'm sure we can figure it out for you. Yeah. Today, we're going to be talking about Bioshock Infinite, and it's not required, but it would help if you've listened to our Bioshock episode first, just because there's loose relations between the two. Yeah. I mean, besides, honestly, the biggest relationship between Bioshock Infinite proper, because I didn't do the DLCs. Because Burial by Sea is a whole fucking episode in itself. 
Yeah, and that that has more ties to the original than definitely has more ties to Rapture. Mm-hmm. But the biggest tie between Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite is the title, frankly. <laughs> like the but and like parts of the ending, <clears throat> parts of the ending, but mostly the title. Yeah, uh, Bioshock Infinite is I think my favorite in the Bioshock series. See, I struggle with this because I feel like there's parts of like one where I like way more than the other, and it ends up like countering each other and i'm just ending up like still not knowing which one i like better having played bioshock at release and having played infinite at release i think i like infinite more um i think that i was when i played infinite for the first time i was at a headspace where like just real into that alternate reality bullshit that i'm still into yeah, yeah. um but it which this game spoiler alert for our spoiler podcast is a bunch of alternate reality bullshit but I think that might have been why I like it more. Uh, but it's definitely an argument because Bioshock, again, is a really, really, really good game. Yeah. Uh, but definitely definitely a game that is near and dear to my heart. Was this uh, another recommendation from me for you to play? Or did you just pick it up? Because I know you played it after. You played it while we were friends. I don't remember. I feel like I picked up the first one on my own. And then just kind of was like, oh, I'll play the other ones. And then learn to go to infinite more than two, and you probably recommended to go to infinite more than two. I don't yeah. know. It it was probably like both. Like I picked it. I was gonna pick it up. You recommended it. I feel like it was a bit of both. Infinite's it's a good game. It, it if really you haven't is. played it, I definitely recommend playing it. And as with Bioshock One, there's a because they they want to they have a shtick now. They like the M Night Shyamalan. Um, it's a. Uh, got twists and turns throughout the story of the game what a twist normally i wouldn't say this before a podcast but if you haven't played this game and you really are planning on playing this game do not listen to this podcast we are going to talk about the twists and turns that are spoilers i agree we always talk about this is a spoiler podcast we talk about the story in the games you don't want to hear the story of the game don't listen to it we totally understand that but if you want to play Bioshock Infinite at any point, you should not listen to this episode. And we are telling you, it is a great game to play. Oh, it's, yeah. It's a great game to play through and learn about all the twists and turns as they happen. And, and it aged like a fine wine. It still plays great. Yeah, I pick up the HD collection. Yeah, the HD collection's out for modern consoles. Definitely a great game. And I think it's like 20 bucks. Yeah, it's like super cheap. For the HD collection, which is Bioshock 1, 2, and Infinite. Yeah. And like all... Two is okay, but Bioshock One and Bioshock Infinite are incredible, incredible games. Yeah, and you get all the DLC with it too. Yeah. So it's like it's super worth the money. Yeah, literally after having written this up, I was like, redownload Infinite. Because <laughs> like, because I just played Infinite a couple months ago. Yeah, so you you're not quite out, you don't have quite the kick that I have, but I haven't played it since I was a junior in college. I think was the last time I played it. Yeah. So I remember that weekend vividly. Let me talk to you about Bioshock Infinite in that weekend. It was the first Valentine's Day I was ever single for. And I was having like, I was like, I don't know exactly what I want to do with this. It was like a weekend. I was like, I, I don't know exactly what I feel like doing with this day. My my roommate was engaged, so he was going to go out with his fiance, so I couldn't hang out with my roommate. It was bro. I was like, the fuck am I going to do? So I get a, I wake up late and I get a call at like 10. I get a call from bro. He goes, hey, I'm about to head back there. We're going to Chipotle. Okay, so I go to Chipotle, and right next door to our Chipotle, where I went to school, was our GameStop. 
I walk in. I was like, hey, I'm going to head to GameStop real quick. I'm going to pick up something and play it today. They had just just released a collection that is maybe still the weirdest duo I've ever seen, which was Skyrim and Bioshock Infinite. What? And I went, it was like 40 bucks for Skyrim and Bioshock Infinite. I mean, that's dope, but like, it's still weird. I went, and, and like, I'd owned both of those games beforehand. I went, yeah, I'm going to buy the shit out of that. <laughs> and I did, and then I played Bioshock Infinite the entire day. And drank whiskey straight out the bottle. <laughs> I drank whiskey straight out the bottle, uh, bottle and played Bioshock Infinite the entire day. And let me tell you, my favorite Valentine's Day of all time. <laughs> I had Chipotle with my best friend, and then I had that. Yeah, so, sounds sounds like a good day. Yeah, it was it was a great day. And then like I woke up the next day, and then I beat Bioshock Infinite in two days that time around. I played it at release, and then that was when I was selling games a lot. I, it was a dark time in my life. I don't want to talk about it. But yeah, that's my story with my favorite time playing Bioshock Infinite. That's a weird tangent too. <laughs> yeah, like selling games. Like I don't sell any of my games. I used to all the time in high school because that's how I afforded games. Well, I mean, yeah. I'd get sense. I'd get like some for Christmas and some for my birthday, and then to buy games the rest of the year. I didn't have a job most of high school, not until the very end. I worked on a farm a little bit through high school, but to uh. Get games, I'd buy games and sell them all the time. The only game I would ever refuse to sell was Halo 3. Because I'd played Halo 3 forever. Yeah. I still have my second copy of Halo 3. The reason I have a second copy is because I actually warped the disc. Because it was the only game I played forever. I went through three Xboxes and one Halo disc. I warped the disc. Jesus. Like, it was, like, bent. I was like... That's awesome. I've never played. I never have, and I don't think ever will ever play a game to the point where I warped the disc. Yeah, I definitely haven't. I can't say I've broken any of my. Because when I when warping. I bought an Xbox 360, I bought Halo 3 with it. It was the only game I had for like years, so it's the only game I played. But yeah, I would sell, buy and sell games a lot. I bought Gears of War a billion times because of that. I bought all that. But yeah, yeah, that's a fucking tangent. I sell games. I used to sell games all the time. Yeah. But now, because of that, I refuse to sell any of my games, even if I don't like them. I still have No Man's Sky. I'm not going to fucking play that again. Refuse to sell it because I like, I hoard my games now. Yeah, same. Yeah, there's a couple, like the same with like, like I know the, like the Crash Bandicoot trilogy and Fallout 4. Like for some reason, Fallout 4, I couldn't get into Fallout, Fallout 4. Fallout 4 didn't stick with you. It really didn't. It didn't really stick with me. But I still have it. Yeah. I, that was like one of the first... When I got my PS4, that was like one of the first things I got. I got... Oh, I mean, I had Arkham Knight for six months. <laughs> I remember that. I bought Arkham Knight when it came out, and it sat on my shelf until my birthday when I got a PS4. When I bought myself a PS4. And then I got Battlefront 1 with it, and I also picked up Fallout 4, because I was like, oh, it had like just recently come out, and everybody was playing it, and I was like, I really want to get into this. And it just didn't stick with me, but I still own it. That's it. It's I, still on my shelf. I think at this point, just do a modded playthrough of it. Just mod the fuck out of that game and just play it. Yeah, I might. Because it's a lot more fun. I've done, I'm doing, I recently did a modded playthrough. Now, I didn't have a lot of fun with it because I was in a game rut and I was just yelling about how shitty Fallout was the entire time. But it's it's it was not a bad playthrough. Let's actually talk about uh what we came here to talk about today, though, huh? Yeah, I guess we probably should. Okay, so... That's Bioshock Infinite, in case any of you got as distracted as we did. Yeah. So, at first glance, this game has nothing to do with Bioshock, but joke's on you, it does. So, let's drive into this fever dream. 
Infinite takes place in the year 1912, which is before the events of Bioshock proper. Just to set it up for you, Rapture already exists at this point, but Bioshock hasn't happened yet. The fall of Rapture hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Our protagonist, Booker DeWitt, is being taken to a lighthouse off the coast of Maine by two mysterious twins known as the Lutis twins. He is told to bring us the girl and wipe away the debt, and then ends up on a rocket to a floating city called Columbia. If none of this makes any sense yet, don't worry. It's really not supposed to. Yeah. You get thrust into this game, into a situation that you don't understand, and then go, what the fuck? Yeah, it's very jarring. It's supposed to be, and it, it leads to replay value. Have you ever heard the, like, having played it twice, the conversation that the Lutises are having in the boat when it starts? I don't really remember. Why, doesn't he, why isn't he rowing? He never rose. He never rose. No, he never rose. Oh, he never rose. <laughs> Basically, again, spoilers what we're going to talk about later. In any possible reality, Booker doesn't row. Yeah. So it's not he doesn't row like he doesn't know how he doesn't do this, which is how Robert was taking it at first. He literally doesn't row. Yeah. He never will row. Yeah. And so in every possible outcome of and, that scenario. Right. So it's one of those things where, like, it's a conversation happening, and you're like, this doesn't make any sense. This is just word soup. But it, and it still kind of sounds like word soup because the Lutises are fucking insane. I love the Lutesses. They're my favorite. They're so fun when they just pop up everywhere and they're just having this, like, really weird conversations with each other. But it's so When they're awesome. flipping the coin. Oh, yeah. I, I, they're, they're, like, tally marking how many times the coin lands heads and how many times the coin lands tails. Yeah, and, and it's well, like all like tails or something like that. Yeah, well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it later. But it's one of those things where like they're physicists that are dealing with alternate realities. Again, we'll get to it later. But they're yeah. brilliant, and and some of I think the coolest characters in any Bioshock game. Uh, so he, now he's in the the city of Columbia, which is a weird ass floating city in the sky. And um, he wanders around for a while until a policeman spots him. Uh, so, until a policeman spots the fact that he has uh, AD branded on his hand, uh, like capital AD. Yeah, capital AD, not not the year thing. Yeah. So uh, this is important because the city leader and uh, resident prophet uh, Zachary Comstock has said that he was uh, the sign of the false shepherd, and that would. He would lead the lamb astray. The the the, the AD sign was yeah. the sign of the false shepherd. It was the six 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 of this world. Yeah. Um, this almost immediately makes him uh, public enemy number one, and he ends up running away and ending up on Monument Island, where he meets Elizabeth, who is fantastic. One of the best NPCs in a video game. Yeah, she really is. Hey, there's, I think, nothing negative I have to say about Elizabeth ever. Like she's pretty fucking great. Yeah. Elizabeth's trapped within the tower there. Uh, he also discovers notes about a device called the siphon and the fact that Elizabeth has the ability to open up these portals called tears that are right in the space-time continuum and lead to parallel worlds. So as we were talking about alternate realities, this is where most of our alternate reality stuff comes from. Elizabeth has the ability to open up tears in reality. Booker frees Elizabeth from the tower, which enrages her warden, the songbird, a giant bird creature thing. This leads them to the First Lady's aerodrome where they crash. Um, 
Songbird is fucking incredible. Yeah. I, if you've ever played Bioshock 1, think a big daddy with wings and 30 feet tall. Because Songbird is incredible. Yeah. And it makes the coolest noises. It really does. Like it, the screeching it does. And like just how ominous this giant bird thing is. I've really always been a huge fan of Songbird. Especially when it like breaks through like a wall or something and gets really close with its giant eye and just looks Because like it's you. gotta turn its head because it's got a beak. Yeah, it's it's literally a bird head. It, it looks like a bird. So like when it when it like sees you, it'll see you and then turn its head so its eyes pointing right at you. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, that's creepy. Yeah. Like they really did a good job making Songbird make you feel uncomfortable. So uh, this whole time, Elizabeth is talking about how now that she's free, she really wants to go to Paris. So Booker agrees to take her, and they commandeer an airship. However, Booker lied, and when finally there, they uh, change coordinates to go to New York City instead. So she knocks him out because she's pissed that he lied. (laughs) Yeah, understandably. Um, When he wakes up, uh, he finds out that the airship that they're on is uh, under the control of Daisy Fitzroy, who is the leader of a resistance group called the Vox Populi. She offers to give him back the airship if he uh, picks up some guns for her in the slums. The Vox Populi is like a group made up of the the, peop- the people that Columbia doesn't care about, the low-class workers, uh, the, the minorities, because they're really racist in Columbia. Yeah. Like, the it's 1912... And it's like an ancient 1912. Uh, it's like they're, they're basically a group of people that are sick of all the old white men controlling everything. Old rich white men. So that's the Vox Populi in a nutshell. Rejoining Elizabeth, they go deep into the city. This is where the terrorists start to become both a, psycho- a physiological and psychological issue for Booker. This is always represented as like his nose getting nosebleeds. Like, when, when they're fucking with the tears, like, it's really affecting his head, and it's showing with nosebleeds. She eventually opens up a tear where Booker was a martyr for the Vox Populi in a revolt, which I think is one of the coolest moments when you step through that tear. Yeah. Because you're, like, in a, you're in a slum, and it looks like a slum, and then you step through that tear, and it's like a war zone, because it used to be. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, in this reality, Booker's dead already. This universe's Fitzroy believes that having this Booker undermines the sacrifice that theirs did and tries to kill him, forcing Elizabeth to kill her. She also was about to execute a kid, if I remember correctly. Yes. Like, Daisy Fitzroy kind of lost her fucking mind in this reality. For the cause. Yes. Wasn't it... Wasn't there something where it was on purpose, though? Like, that whole thing, that whole setup was on purpose? I To make Elizabeth kill her? Yeah, I think that's what... They, Daisy wanted her to do for some reason. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a whole weird thing. I didn't even dive into that because there's so much more fucking pertinent things in this story. But, yeah, that re- reality's Daisy has, like, a whole storyline. Just that reality. Yeah. Not ours. Yeah. Not theirs. Although, whose is theirs reality? Let's be perfectly fucking honest. Um... They then commandeer another airship and start to leave when Songbird attacks, forcing the ship to land back at Columbia. So now they have to deal with Songbird. In the process of trying to control it, they find the real conspiracy behind the city 
from both the tears and the sort of specter of Lady Comstock that was brought to uh, life by Comstock using a siphon on Elizabeth. Now, when I played this game a couple of months ago, I totally forgot this whole uh, ghost thing was in the game. Because I mean, and it's just so like in a game that's out there because you're dealing with like a city in the clouds in 1912 and like a giant freaking bird and like tears and alternate realities. The ghost thing kind of like feels weird to me. And, well, like, and it feels weird, but it, it kind of fits within the reality of it. What it is is, I believe that he used Elizabeth. To merge one reality's Lady Comstock with theirs, who is dead. Yeah. So it's like this abomination of realities that crossed over where, like, Lady Comstock is dead. And it's like a Schrodinger's cat kind of thing. She's both dead and alive, which results in this weird specter, for lack of a better term, this wraith of a human. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a weird... It feels out of place. It does. But, the, I mean, the, the point of it is they wanted you to go to the graveyards. You can see the Lutis gravestones. That's really the point. Yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it it's just a weird point. I, I agree. It does feel out of place. They try to make it fit. And to some extent, I think they do. But it definitely is a weird kind of thing. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely, like... If I had to pick, like, a major negative I had, it, it's that section. That whole ghost section is just kind of... It's it, just weird out of place, and it goes on a bit too long. Yeah, it's thematically out of place. I agree. But it's kind of like that in Bioshock 1, too. There's those, like, random ghosts you can find. But, like, they're kind of of Raptor's past. It's kind of trying to tell you the story of Raptor's past. Like, this one is less about a narrative sense and more about the having... You face Lady Comstock. So, I I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. Definitely the weirdest part of the game. But it's where a lot of the Lutis stuff comes to comes to the surface, which is part of the reason I like this game. Because <laughs> the Lutis is the best. You would uh, talk about how um, Comstock is the, the father. Huh? <laughs> Isn't, isn't Elizabeth think Comstock's her father? Yeah. Should we should we mention that? Because like this is like this is not like a revolution. There's a revolution at the end. Revelation. Oh yeah. Hey man, we're gonna start a revolution. Yeah, Elizabeth. A Comstock is Elizabeth's father. As far as we know. Yeah. And as far as Elizabeth knows. Right. Yeah. Well, that was like a thing that's throughout the entire game. I feel like we should have we, we should have mentioned we should, it. We should mention that. Yeah. 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 So that's that. Good point. Should have thought of that. Thanks. That's why I like it when you read these. Yeah. But you're right. You made me instead of revolution. I'm gonna get up on this ship. We're gonna fly away. <laughs> hey man, we're gonna start a revolution. That was best character in Ragnarok. We, we wanted to start a revolution. Didn't have enough. Didn't hand out enough pamphlets. Spoilers for Ragnarok. That character was the best fucking character. Like even when uh, what was it? Heimdall was on his back, and like about to die, and then he comes up and like goes up to Heimdall and is like, Aya. <laughs> like it's just. <laughs> Just like you're the best, you're the best. If I want anything, put him in Infinity War, please. Oh God, yes. Oh God, yes. 
oh, what I would give to have that character come back. Because he's still alive. Yeah. He's on the ship with, with them. Yeah, and then he was, like, carrying the body of his friend around. Yeah. Because he like... thought he was dead and he felt bad because he stepped on him. Yeah. And he's like, the guy wakes up, he's like, oh, you're not dead. Oh, look, everybody, he's not dead. <laughs> like, he, just the best character. You know, that's the director, right? Was it really? Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's a... the director of the movie. Oh, did that's that voice. Perfect. Oh, that's perfect. The first revelation is that the Lutes twins aren't twins, but two different versions of the same person from different realities. One f- uh, male, one female. Rosalind and Robert. The second is uh, Comstock had taken Elizabeth from the universe uh, Robert Lutes was from. Uh, this is because he was artificially aged and sterile using uh, tear devices to gain his prophecies. Um, the Lutes twins were then supposed to construct the siphon to control her powers. Uh, after this, Comstock murdered his wife and attempted to murder the Lutesses. This backfired, though, and gave them the same power as Elizabeth. Yeah, they're kind of like spread out across realities. Like, they just all, like, the two of them always exist across all realities now. Yeah, which is why they just show up everywhere. Because they fucking can. Yeah, and it's dope. Oh, man, going back to the Lutises real quick. There's, like, a point where Rosalind is drawing, painting Robert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a self-portrait of her. Yeah. It's just, like, awesome, brilliant shit because they're the same person. Yeah, the same person, just just opposite genders. So, like. That's why they're experimenting constantly because they both have the same kind of mind. Just one's Rosalind and one's Robert. Like it's it's fucking the they're the best characters in this game. They really are. They're like because their dialogue is hilarious because they're they're outside of reality at this point. So they're like perceiving things completely different than everyone else. So like when they're like flipping the coin. They're just like, this doesn't make any sense. It's always tails, always tails. Yeah. Like, it's it's great. He doesn't row. He doesn't row. He doesn't row. It's like one of the best lines in the game, I think. It really is. Because, again, it's just Rosalind getting real sick of Robert's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Although they're the, exact, they're the exact same person. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Getting sick of your own bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd get sick of mine. Yeah. I don't know how any of you are friends with me. Elizabeth is then kidnapped by Songbird. Before she can make it to Comstock's house, Booker is pulled into the future. Into one of the fucking coolest scenes in this game. Yeah. Uh, The future... This future is of an elderly Elizabeth who had been tortured for decades into following Comstock's cause or on waging a war with the surface world. So, like, when you get pulled in this future, it's Elizabeth watching as Columbia bombards New York City. Look, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, she says that she tried to escape for years, but Songbird always stopped her, uh, and then gave Booker the means to control Songbird. Basically, this Elizabeth didn't want to become what she was. She was tortured and brainwashed into it. Yeah, it's like this weird thing where, uh, in the present time, you're you're. Elizabeth's captured and is in the process of being tortured, but the future that you go to is, like, you didn't save her. Like, yeah, this is you the... died along the way. <clears throat> yeah, she was continued to be tortured, couldn't escape, and then this is And this is what she now. became, but she never wanted to become this, so it gives you the means to make sure that you don't. Yes. That she doesn't. Which is weird, kind of time travel alternate dimension bullshit that I fucking eat up. 
It was great. That's a, it's a great moment. That it whole, really the is. The whole thing is great. Because, like, you're in this, like, asylum with uh, those. Oh, my God. I also forgot about that part of the game. What, are they, what were they through? called? The Children of Silence or whatever? Yeah. Like, they have, like, these weird things on their head. And if they. They look s- like light bulbs, but they have giant things around their ears. It, uh, yeah, it's like a uh, fucking. A funnel. Yeah. And, like, if they see you, it's like a whole stealth thing. If they, like, see you, then they, like, make a really loud, like, alarm noise. And then I feel like a bunch of people in, like, the, the president's p- masks. Yeah, the people in old president's masks who are all insane. They're not insane because they're insane. They're insane because they were experimented on with terrorists. So they've experienced themselves dying. But they're still alive. Yeah. And it drove them fucking insane. Imagine that. Experiencing your your own death, but then being alive. That's wild. Sorry, I was just thinking about that real quick. But that that part of the game is a fucking creepy. And you're like hearing through tears Elizabeth being tortured. Yeah. But like you're hearing her being tortured for decades. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like different tears are different points in time. So like you're not making it in time. Because you, literally it's taking decades through these tears. Although in your timeline it's not. It's just what's happening. It's really crazy and like really timey-wimey. It really is. But yeah, that's a weird part. And then there's the part at the end where like right after that point you turn around and one of the children of silence or whatever they're called are right behind you. And I, it is one of the only times I can remember getting jump scared in a game. Yeah, that and they did the same thing in the first one too where like... You're looking, I think it's like when you're in like one of the bathrooms and you're looking at like a a bunch of people in plaster. Yeah. And you turn, like when you walked in, the room was empty and you turn around and there's a... Uh, there's a splicer. There's a splicer right behind yeah. you. Like, and even like going from like splicers in the first game, which were creepy and cool in their own way, to freaking the, the heavy usage of like George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. They praise, they didn't like Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln is praised by those Raven people because Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. They didn't like Abraham Lincoln. I thought he was, uh, I thought he was one of the mechs, though. Was it just George Washington that was a mech? Uh, it might have been one of the mechs for the Vox Populi. Maybe. Yeah, they're just like President mechs with like flags. Yeah, it's like Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. Like they are literally set up like deities in, the, in Columbia. We, we haven't talked about any of the aesthetics of this game. It's a beautiful game, but like they have monuments... Like, religious monuments to the Founding Fathers. It's great. And, like, they have these giant mechanical men who are just uh, giant mechanical beasts with Gatling guns that just look like the Founding Fathers. And they just spit fucking political nonsense while they while they shoot you. Well, you also have the, oh, what are they called? They're not Big Daddies. They're the, um... Oh, the uh, Handymen. The Handymen, which are, like, you can see their head... And, is it? and, and their heart, heart, which is in a, a which, thing in their chest. It's like a crit point, or the only point you can The only two points, crit points are their head and their heart. But, like, the rest of them is, like, this giant mechanical body. Like, gorilla. And if you ever listen to them, they're constantly in pain. Yeah. Like, they're constantly yelling about how much pain they're in. Like, they'll, they'll be talking about how, like, walking feels like walking on cinders and stuff. You're like... These things didn't choose this life. This life was chosen for them. Oh man, the handymen are cool. Yeah, some weird. This is some awesome uh, enemies in this game. Oh yeah. Using this knowledge to save Elizabeth, uh, 
Booker follows Comstock onto his airship where they finally confront each other. Booker ends up killing him when he won't answer his questions about Elizabeth's past, uh, specifically her missing pinky finger, which we also didn't, I just hit the table, which also we didn't uh, talk about. She wears about. a thimble over her pinky finger yeah. she's missing her pinky finger. Yeah. Um, and so Booker just literally just drowns him. Like he slams his head. Beats his head in on like this baptismal kind of uh, font. Just beats his head in on it and just drowns him in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Well, like, Elizabeth is, like, yelling at him to stop, but he's just, like, committed to it. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth claims that Booker knows the answer, but just can't remember, so they, distri- they decide to destroy the uh, siphon using Songbird. However, the, the device uh, Booker used to control Songbird was uh, destroyed, causing Songbird to attack them. Real quick. The point where you're, like, trying to defend the airship. And you can call down Songbird. From the Vox Populi, and you're literally using Songbird as a weapon. Yeah. Like, you can call down Songbird at points, and just this 30-foot-tall bird monster crashes onto the ship, destroying everything right there. You have control over Songbird. It's really cool. It is so empowering. Like, they, they do a good job in these games, making you feel empowered and weak at certain points. And they're the perfect points to hit emotional beats. Like, at this point, you're defending yourself against the Vox Populi who wants you dead for killing Daisy. Because we're still in that reality, kind of. And then the being able to control Songbird at this point, literally, there's like four handymen at one point. Yeah. And you're just caught. And like, if you call down Songbird, that's one less handyman. It's just that easy. Yeah. They wreck. Waves and waves of enemies and blimps. And you have to take out the blimps with Songbird or you can make Songbird attack the main ship that you're on and take out, like, enemies on the deck. Yeah. It's... It's an intense, crazy fight. And it's a, it's such an empowering moment having Songbird under your control after it literally just ruining your day. Yeah, and, like, always, like, in the back of your head, breathing down your neck. Type like, of. where is Songbird? Because Songbird's gonna be coming up soon. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's the fucking best, controlling Songbird. Um. So then Elizabeth ends up opening a tear, leading them... Uh, leading the three of them to Rapture. Um, and what ends up happening is uh, Elizabeth and Booker are inside, like, the walls of Rapture, and uh, Songbird ends up outside in the water, and it Songbird uh, ends up dying. Yeah, it gets crushed to death by the pressure because you're at the bottom of the ocean. Yep. But, yeah, that was a cool scene, too. I remember seeing that scene for the first time and literally standing up going, No fucking way! He's like, what? Because, like, up until this point, the the connections between this and Infinite were, or this and the original Bioshock were very minor. And you have to go searching for them. Like, the reason Songbird looks kind of like a big daddy is because the the person who made the big daddies and the Lutices were sharing information across tears. Yeah. Like, that, they, they, the big daddy is created after Songbird. Songbird's the prototype. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's stuff like that, but that's really, really minor. Um, this is the first time you end up having a direct connection to Bioshock outside of the title, because you end up in fucking Rapture. And I remember standing up and just, like, throwing my controller, going, well, no fucking way! <laughs> so hyped. It was so cool. Um, opening up another tear, they end up outside of space and time, which, again, I... In a lot of the fiction I play out in my head and I I write, I fall back to this scene a lot because I love alternate realities. And this scene 
in Bioshock Infinite is one of my favorite scenes in a video game, in media, because it's so beautiful and so fascinating to look at. I just wanted to preface that. So this place just has a bunch of lighthouses, Booker and Elizabeth's. And it's like Elizabeth leading Booker to thousands of different lighthouses. But there are other Bookers and other Elizabeths throughout different realities. Yeah. So you're at like this nexus of lighthouses. There's always a lighthouse. There's always a lighthouse, which is constantly said throughout the thing. There's constants. What, what, what do they keep saying? There's constants and... Constants and variables. Yeah, there's constants and variables. Meaning some things change, but some things always remain the same in every uh, reality. And then one of the things that they always say is there's always a lighthouse. Yeah. Which is just fucking brilliant. And, like, I really come back to it. And, like, lighthouse is such a cool visual kind of thing for that because they're supposed to be guiding back, like, guiding beacons of light. It's so, ah, I love it. Anyway, not important. Things I think are pretty not important. Through seeing this, Elizabeth is able to show Booker what he doesn't remember. So we're going to do a timeline of events. In 1893, Robert Lutis approaches Booker, saying that if Booker gives his daughter, Anna DeWitt, A.D., to him, he will wipe away his debts. Booker agrees, but then changes his mind. Chasing after them, he arrives just too late to save his daughter, who is being brought to Comstock through a tear. However, her pinky gets severed. This causes Elizabeth to exist in two different realities at once. This alternate universe thing also means Comstock is always just still alive because it's a split universe now. Meaning Comstock will always still be alive. The Lutises had tried to get Booker's, Booker's, like multiple Booker's, to help before, but the cycle always remains the same. This leads one way to kill Comstock, which is to stop Comstock before Comstock existed, which leads us to Booker's baptism. The uh, before we get to the the baptism, the the scene where where she gets her pinky cut off is dope because like they're in like an alleyway and like the Lutess is trying to like give her through the the tear and Booker's like trying to pull her back. Yeah. And so like because like because he's fighting like the tear's closing and like as he like loses his grip the tear closes and like Elizabeth's hand reaches out and like the tear closes around her pinky yeah. and that's why it gets cut off and it's just like in slow-mo and you're just like that's his kid <laughs> on like a biological level it makes no fucking sense but I don't care because it's such cool imagery oh yeah like being stuck in two realities at once because of something like that yeah it's dope yeah it's really fucking cool so after his actions at Wounded Knee, uh, Booker uh, considered being baptized to cleanse himself of his sins. Um, if that universe's Booker turned down, turned it down, he goes on to father a daughter, Anna. Um, but if he didn't, he finds religion and becomes Comstock. So this means uh, Booker and Const- Comstock are the same coin. Uh, but two different sides. Which which brings back the coin thing. Which and again this revelation is like in the 11th hour of the game. Yeah. You don't know this until this point. Yeah. That like, holy shit, Booker is Comstock. Like, it's so last minute that it it caught me off guard. Yeah. After like all these like revelations about the future Elizabeth and Elizabeth's your daughter, 
by the way, you're also the guy you've been fighting the whole time. You're also the bad guy of the story, potentially. Yeah. Like, Booker, it has, every Booker before Wounded Knee has the potential to be the bad guy. Yep. Which is fucking awesome. Um, so, it, like, leads to, like, like, you go through the scene where, like, you, you choose to be bad, like, you choose to be baptized or not. And then, like, a ton, a shit ton of Elizabeths end up in, like, the, the pool where you get baptized with you. And, um... Booker allows them to drown him, stopping Comstock and Elizabeth from ever ever existing. It's which is like one of the saddest. The endings. music that plays during that and right after that, and it's like and it's like all of the Elizabeths showing up, like looking at you, and they're all reciting like constants and variables. Yeah, like. Cons, like they're all talking to you about why you're making the right decision. Yeah, like Comstock needs to be stopped at the source, like yada yada yada, and then like they all just like push you underwater, and you just slowly like your vision just slowly goes blurry as you just see the and it's just like looking down at you as you die. And the music playing there is just one note at a time. It's a piano, yeah. and it's one note at a time. So it's like ding, ding, ding. It's just like. So cool. And then it just stops on a high note and just fades out. And then it goes to the credits where it plays an acoustic version of Will the Circle Be Unbroken, which is an old hymn, and it's fucking brilliant. It really, like, it really is some of the coolest stuff I've ever seen in a video game. It really is. Like, got goosebumps talking about it right now. Oh, it's yeah. One of my favorite endings in a game. Yeah, it's, God, it's so good. Like, it's so good. But... With all the twists and turns, it, it ends there for now. There is a DLC called Burial at Sea. We will talk about it. Yes. I We need to talk about Burial at Sea. It'll be what really, 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 really ties Bioshock Infinite to Bioshock as a prequel. Yes. And answers a lot of questions and also has some of my favorite visuals in video games. Oh, so the scene where Elizabeth gets thrown through a wall... And then looks up and just sees Booker sitting there on that chair playing the guitar. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is awesome. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. No, I'm redownloading that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put Bioshock Infinite again. Dude, it's so good. But, yeah, it's it's unlike anything I've ever played. It Oh, absolutely. Gameplay-wise, it's not unique. It's a first-person shooter. Cool. The reason Nick and I really play stories and the reason we made this podcast is, or play video games and the reason we made this podcast is because we like the stories. And Bioshock Infinite does it almost perfect. It really does. It's it, so good. It's it, one of my top games. Oh, yeah. Me too. It's just really, really, really good with with really nothing. I, I don't have a lot of negative stuff to say outside of maybe that Spectre section. Yeah. And, and even that... Not that bad. It's really, <laughs> it's really in not comparison. No, and we're just being nitpicky. It's just that it's one of those things where, like, I think Dark Souls Three isn't that great a game, but I think compared to most games, Dark Souls Three is great. It's yeah. just not that great a game compared to Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah. Like it's in a game that has such a great story. It has this one narrative kind of stick in the mud, but compare that to like something else. For that to like crisis, like fuck yeah, dude! It's still better <laughs> than crisis. Yeah, but 
As we like that in every episode, Nick, what you been playing, brother? Well, I know this will come as a shock to you, but I've been playing Mario Odyssey. <laughs> really? You? <laughs> yeah. I'm getting there. Got like 730 moons. I, I've almost completely stopped playing that game. Not because I have no desire to play it, because I have desire to play other things more. Yes. But I mean, that's pretty much it. I just, I'm close to beating, I'm close to 100%ing it. Pokemon's coming out tomorrow. Ultrason Ultra Mood. I yeah, am, you're so hyped. I'm hyped as all hell because I literally haven't looked at anything for the game, really. Me neither. I mean, I know stuff because I. it's kind of hard not to see still images. So I know some things, but I don't know the majority of it. And I'm, I'm just hyped to play through Pokemon again. So what have you been playing, Josh? I A little bit of Mario Odyssey up until Tuesday. And then since Tuesday, I have been exclusively playing Injustice 2 again. Because they dropped one of my favorite comic book characters as, as the most recent character, Hellboy. Yeah, buddy. Who is perfectly matching my play style. I'm just trying to memorize all his stuff. He is so fucking fun. And I, Nick was watching me play. When he walked in, I was still playing. I was trying to finish that ladder. I was trying to describe to Nick kind of what Hellboy feels like in that game. Basically, he doesn't want to fucking be there. And you can tell. And it's amazing. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny and so great. The other thing I quickly want to touch on is the fact that uh, Player Pack 3 was released for Injustice. I'd been talking about it forever. My theory was the characters were going to be the Atom, Enchantress, and either John Constantine or Rorschach. Uh, they threw me through the fucking loop because they put in the goddamn Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And I, 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 I get the video and I text it to Nick and the next day he goes... Those are the fucking Ninja Turtles. I texted to my brother who also plays Injustice. He goes, three separate texts. What the fuck? Dude, it's so fucking random. Like, who would... I wasn't expecting the Ninja Turtles, but goddammit, now I'm so hyped to play as, like, Michelangelo. It's not even funny. Dude, it's it's great. It's just, like, nobody expected that. It's and like they like threw every and they like purposely threw everybody for a loop because the reason why everybody thought it was gonna be Constantine or Rorschach is because someone looked, on a trench coat. <laughs> if you looked at the silhouette, it was somebody in a trench coat, and we're like, both those characters wear that. And then you look at the reveal trailer, and it's a person walking over a trench coat, and they take the trench coat off, and, and it's, it's Raphael. It's fucking Raphael. Like like he did in like the the live action movies where he'd like wear that trench coat when he went out in public, trying to hide the fact that he's a giant mutant turtle because that fucking works. Yeah, he like. Like, ugh. Enchantress and Adam are fighting because they, they'd renounce them both. And they're about to go at each other, and a sigh, like a sigh just lands between them. And then someone starts walking down this alley in this trench coat, takes it off, Raphael. I was just like, I was like, no! No, they're doing the Nation Turtles! And then they all land, and Mikey's like, I call the chick, and Leonardo's like, we fight as a team, Mikey. And I'm just like, yes! Oh, my God. Oh, dude, I was so excited. I was like... Yelling, I was like, the Ninja Turtles! <laughs> oh I'm God. still so excited. It's, it's one of those ridiculous. things where... Yeah, I'm disappointed it wasn't John or Rorschach. If John Constantine were in this game, it would literally have my three favorite superheroes in one game, which is an insane thought to me. Would have had Green Lantern, John, and Hellboy. But I'm too excited for the Ninja Turtles to be truly, like, bummed out by this. Yeah. Like, you yeah, really can't be mad at that. I, I'm it's really, so awesome. I'm really not mad. I was so, so so caught off guard and so hyped that the Ninja Turtles are going to be in this. It it really is. It still is weird to say I'll be able to play as Hellboy 
fighting the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in Gotham City because this video game exists. Ain't that some shit? God, God bless whoever had the balls to say, let's put the Ninja Ed Turtles Boone. in this game. I bet you money it was Ed Boon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But yeah. Yeah, that's that's I've just been playing Injustice. I'm thinking maybe tomorrow I'll pick up the new Lego Marvel game because it just came out with Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2. Oh, did it come out? Yeah, it just came out on Tuesday. I'm thinking I'll pick that up. And I'll pick up Battlefront 2. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I ain't gonna buy that. Fuck that game. <laughs> I ain't gonna buy that shit. Nah, I'll probably pick up Lego. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's about it for me. Yeah. Fucking Ninja Turtles, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm still so hyped. I can't. Uh, oh, the other thing happening in Injustice right now is they're having multiverse events that are giving you armor that looks like it's the armor in Justice League. Oh, yeah, it comes out tomorrow. Tonight, uh, yeah. Tonight, tomorrow. Uh, really? I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> like, that soon. I'm going to wait. But, um, yeah, the say what you will about the game. I think the art, or say what you will about how that movie looks. Shit. It, uh, I think the armor, the, the costumes all look really good. Uh, so, like, my flash looks like Ezra Miller now and stuff. I, I really like it. Yeah, it's dope. But, yeah, that's, that's about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, check us out on social media. We're on both Twitter and Instagram, Navi underscore Tales. Again, that's at Navi underscore Tales. Send us a message. Tell us how much you love me. Not Nick. Yeah. I mean, you're cool and everything, but, like, I like you as a friend. Yeah, dude. Yeah, hit us up on there. If you want to hit us up on SoundCloud, and there's comments there, too. Yeah, there's comments on SoundCloud. Uh, like us. Leave a comment on iTunes. Yeah, rate. Somebody rated us on iTunes, so shout out to you. Shout out to you, whoever you are. Thanks for that Love awesome you. awesome rating. Everybody um, else, go do that. Even if you don't listen on iTunes, just head on over there and rate it. Yeah, because we could definitely check all that stuff. Uh, we're in the process of trying to see if we can get our stuff up on Spotify. Yeah, it's Spotify's weird. Spotify's a process. It's weird. Uh, they're like, from my understanding, is like, they're very they're selective and like you yeah. they pick it. Like everything else is just like you submitted it and pretty much it goes through. This yeah. is like, you email. Actually, no, it wasn't even that. I had, it was like a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a Google forum. Yeah. Type thing that they set up and like you submit your your forum and they look at it and they might put it in, but it's like yeah. I feel like it's like you have to be really big. Yeah. Once again, it's a process. Um, if we ever get up on Spotify, we'll definitely let you guys all know on social media and on this podcast. But yeah, uh, just let us know what you think. Yeah. Let us know what we can make better, what we can make worse. Um, <laughs> just, just let us know how we are. We, ask we us, really ask us questions. We really appreciate the feedback. Um, if you call me gay in the comments, I'm going to call you gay back because there's nothing wrong with being gay and I'm going to take it as a compliment. No, he won't. I really don't. <laughs> I, I really don't. I, I barely know how. I think I know all the passwords, but I just don't remember how. Good. Anyways, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Love you. Bye. However, Booker actually lied, and uh, when they finally... Uh, however, 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 however... Um, yeah, where the fuck were we? Uh, oh, you were up using this knowledge. Uh, no, no, dude, keep going. <laughs>
<laughs> That's exactly what this podcast is for. Um, da, 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 da. Casey's in my house. Hear those doors opening and closing? Yeah. Casey sent me a bunch of Snapchats from inside my house. Creepy. Good. She was dropping mm. off food for my mother. For your mother. Yeah. She was, uh, my mom's just been, I haven't seen my mom like all week. After done with this podcast, I want to head over to the church at some point. Because she wants to show me what she's been working on. I'm glad it's all coming in like outtakes. Yeah. Pretty great. I mean, better than fucking it during the middle of Better than that Earthbound episode. Dude, let me tell you, that Earthbound episode was the most editing I had to do. Because of that. For any because of that when you screamed about you weren't done talking about Nazis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, I was on some next level bullshit. And then like also the part where where we did the the bet about whether Ness was wearing a hat or not. Since you were like not near the mic, I had to like separate that just that section to make it a bit louder. So we could hear it, but it was just like I've never had to do this much editing for an episode. I'm just fucking earthbound episode. Sorry, I was on some next level bullshit that episode. <laughs> you really were. <laughs> Don't worry, I stopped doing the heroin I was doing during that episode. I'm doing an entirely different kind of smack now. Nice. Smack that. All on the floor. Smack that. Give me some more. Smack that. None of us are singers. Hell no. <laughs> I always forget Eminem's in that song. <laughs> oh, this is my turn. I'm still reading because yeah, I, I went off on a tangent. Yeah. About ghosts. Ghosts. Booker ends up killing him um, when he won't answer his questions about Elizabeth. But I finished that zombie book, right? And at the climactic moment, at the cli- climactic moment where they're trying to tell the planes that are about to bomb their city, hey, look, there's there's people in here that aren't zombies. They're like, we got to make a symbol so that they can see it from, like, from the air. And everything leads up to them, like, they couldn't spell out a word. They needed to make a symbol. And up until that point, they'd been talking about the cross that the main one of the main characters wears around her neck. And then John's like, no, I, I know what symbol we're going to do. Giant penis. <laughs> they make a giant penis. Good. It was great. <clears throat> it's a great book. I actually, I'm reading the third one in the series, and I'm not a huge fan of it because they they go grow older and older as it goes on. First book in they're in high school. The second book they're in their late twenties. This one or the they're in their early twenties. The this one they're in their late twenties. <clears throat> and like, it's supposed to be reflective of life in Midwest America because that's where they live. Yeah. Like, everything's run down and there's nothing in Midwest America. And so, like, one of the main characters, the the character you'd expect to be a druggie, is now a method. So it's one of those things where, ah, I didn't like that for the character. <laughs> you'd think he'd get above that. Yeah. Didn't like the direction they took. Yeah, so he now does crystal math. <clears throat> oh, good. Everybody's got to do something. But, like... It's a book about doing drugs because the reason that the two main characters can see things that no one else can is because they took a drug. Oh, good. Called soy sauce that, like, is, like, a, alive. Like, when they, they take it on the first... It, it, it's described differently, and it's difficult to describe because it's kind of outside of space and time. 
which is relevant to this. The sauce? Yeah, the sauce. Oh, good. It's outside of space and time. But, like, so in the the last book, the sauce made it so that John took it. It, it made it so that he froze time. But, like, he couldn't interact with anything. Time was just frozen. Yeah, yeah. And, like, if he, like, he could walk on smoke and stuff because it was all just frozen. But, like, in the, the first book, he couldn't, like, they didn't freeze time. It did other things. So, like, the effects of soy sauce itself are weird and nondescriptive. It's kind of like a, a ghost in the machine. A deus ex machina. Gotcha. <clears throat> I said, hey, what is going on? <clears throat> I have to train someone on Monday. That sounds awful. Yeah, dude. You know what's awful? What's up? This computer shit I've been dealing with at work. Oh, yeah, you sent me a fucking picture of, like, you with, like, two <laughs> computers next to each other plugged in. Yeah, so you know what that was? So we got we got two new computers for the the front desks. And, um, so I set them up because God forbid, no, I don't know how they were going to do this if I didn't, if I wasn't there, but whatever. Um, so I set them up, <clears throat> I did one like an entire day and then I came in sp this week to do the second one <clears throat> and, um, I set it up and I put the old ones away in the closet and then I'm sitting there and I'm like, how the hell did we like, there was like a, a way that like you scanned something, uh. Uh, person stuff in and it would automatically upload it to their online database and I was like how the hell do you do that and they're like I don't know like what's the program they use and everybody's just like I don't know and I was like I'm pretty sure I saw it on the old computer and it's just an executable file like it's nothing installed so I'm pretty sure I can put it on a flash drive and copy it over so I pull out the old computer plug it in turn it on fan spins for two seconds and then stops awesome. and I was like so it won't turn on. I was like, all I did was unplug it, put it in the closet, take it back out five minutes later, and plug it back in, and this won't turn on anymore. So I had to open that, rip out the hard drive, take the other old tower, because there was two old ones, that will turn on, rip out that hard drive, put that, put that, swap the hard drives basically, turn it on, get the program off, and then swap them back, put everything back in the closet. I was like, are you kidding me? So that's why I sent you the, the video of just... Open computers on like a freaking patient bed, and just I you looked just, like you were having fun. Oh, it was a day. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I've had a lot of heavy things to pick up. It's been a it's been a day. It's been a week for me. By Tuesday, I was exhausted. By Tuesday, it felt like Friday. By today, it feels like I've been working for two weeks without <laughs> stopping. I'm fucking exhausted. So I. Uh, yeah, I've been having my shit pushed in, but let me tell you, I did not have as bad a day as it sounds like you were having. Yeah, it was, it was something. I uh, did drop a battery on my toe, but I wore steel toe boots. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, it was about the worst it got. Then I got a bunch of cuts everywhere. <laughs>